Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend Anne Chavruta, Yardena Ozband, our daf of the day, Masachet Ketubot, daf bet. We are in a new Masachet. We are on the second page because it always begins on daf bet. We've talked about this before. And as such, we have a whole new lingo to learn. I will note, for those of us who are uh, who are with us together, who are learning with us, um, this Masachet opens with easier text, right? In terms of actual comprehensibility, in terms of do you need to make charts at all? No, no, you do not. In terms of concepts and vocabulary, Ketubot will have a whole dictionary for us. Um, And we will need to pay careful attention to understand that even sometimes a word that we think we know what it means actually may be a whole concept and it's going to need some unpacking. it is important, I think, also to note as an introduction to this Masachet that Ketubot is so far ranging in its discussion of the topics, meaning not necessarily just on the on the surface of it. We're going to open with uh, a topic that dis- in a minute, right, that really is about Masachet Ketubot in its in its essence of topics. But the range of material that shows up in comparison, the same way that we have seen things like Kohanim and Trumot and things like that show up in Yavamot and elsewhere, right? And Masakot, where you wouldn't necessarily expect that same content to show up, Ketubot is so full of different um, different arenas of conversation that it is known by commentaries as like a mini Talmud or the central uh, central Masachet, because it, it kind of exemplifies all, so much, so many different things. Um, now, if we just go through what's in each chapter, and we're not really going to do that, but if we were to, it will show up that it's really a, more a matter of um, husband and wife relations, and what does it mean to establish a marriage, and, and there's a good amount of mention of divorce, right? This is... Um, this is the essence of Masa, of Seder Nashim, right? Of the the Seder of Mishnah that is talking about. Here we go, right? The the focus of the Torah on once once we talk about women is going to be about marriage and and um, consummation of marriage and things like that. So, chapter one. Now we'll move. On and you'll pick up the actual text. Um, is really about we'll call it, let's say, the beginning of marriage, right? What ha- When one get married, what is the marriage sem- ceremony? What are the ramifications of the different rituals? And this includes um, a couple's first uh, act of intimacy or presumed as, at least as a married couple, presumed act of intimacy. There's a large discussion, and Yordana, I'm going to let you pick this up, um, talking about, um, well, who who is a virgin is going to be relevant to exactly the issue of Ketubot. Um, and the question of how we define is going to take our attention as well. Um, I would say that this is another time where the colloquial offhand uh, English vocabulary doesn't quite do the halakhic concept justice because the Gemara is going to address this question of, you know, is uh, like a magical definition Right? Or is it a legal definition? And if so, the, those will get applied differently, right? Are we talking about um, the details of the status, you know, of whether a woman's hymen is intact? That's, a, you know, a medical, biological kind of definition. Or are we talking about um, somebody who, a woman who is never married, which is really potentially quite different? Or, for example, what about a woman 
whose hymen may not be intact, but she's also never engaged in inter intercourse. So we have these like different ways of possibly exploring these topics. And like I said, the, the strict, I don't know what, English translation, that means, you know, that when we say the word virgin or virginal, it, it doesn't quite convey all of the potential that the Gemara, that the Mishnah, and then the Gemara will talk about. Um, I think you're Dana, we should dive right in. Yeah, I think it's ready to go, but I'm excited about this Masachlet because like you said, we're really just going to see some good halachic discussion. There's some good stories in this Masachlet. Uh, it's a good Masachlet, but let's go to the first Mishnah, which may give us a little PTSD from uh, Yavama, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we'll be okay. And we have to put in a little bit of a context. So as you said, Anne, the first Mishnah wants to deal with when do we get married? So a virgin, okay, or this is basically presumably somebody who's not been married before, was married on a Wednesday and a widow is married on a Thursday, right? And the reason for this is because twice a week, that's when the courts would convene in the towns, right? On the Mondays and Thursdays. So if the husband had a claim, right, about Tana uh, Betulim, right, which basically means he's not sure whether or not his wife who claimed to be a virgin is actually a virgin, um, and that marriage was consummated on a Wednesday, he could get to the Betin um, on a Thursday. Now, we're going to unpack much, much more about this particular Mishnah. Um, and the Gemara, you know, first, as Anne, you said, while we were prepping this, sort of starts off in a Masachat Megillah sort of way, uh, where they want to understand uh, exactly why is it um, on Wednesday, they quote another Mishnah later on in this Masachat, um, uh, that, um, you know, that maybe uh, some of these activities could take place on a Sunday, uh, but how do exactly do they get to, uh, how do they get to a Wednesday? Uh, the piece of the Gemara that I thought was interesting is at the bottom uh, where it says the following, right? So the Gemara is talking about that the reason why women were basically married on, uh, on a Wednesday, right, uh, is because Shakdu, uh, right? That, in other words, the um, the sages were, how would you explain Shaktu? They were very, um, like, um, diligent, diligent, yeah, they were, careful, they were diligent. In other words, these types of cases, they wanted to get them resolved and resolved quickly because they understood that they were, like, not good things to have hanging over somebody's head. So you wanted this to, to, to basically get on, um, to make these types of things happen on a Wednesday so that they could quickly go to the beating. Uh, they could go to the baiting on uh, to go to a baiting on on a day, and so one of the things they talked about is is that if the if the time came basically right and they weren't married right is the bride allowed to eat from his food and eat truma right and so this would be if it was on a Sunday because if he wasn't able to marry her he's getting ready for the Wednesday he's not obligated to actually give her food until Wednesday okay. But what they get to here is the following, is what they learn from this line of reasoning is that if the husband is ill or the bride gets ill, or let's say she actually uh, starts to menstruate, so the wedding actually has to be postponed, because if you can prevent it, you don't get married while she's a nida, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. 
la Mizuno. He doesn't actually have to feed her. He's not required to basically support her because they didn't actually get married, right? The Eka Dubai lay me by it, right? And there's so they asked a question about this. Right. So the groom became ill. What's the what's the ruling with this? Hatam Tamamai Mishum Anis. Right. So when in the case where like sort of the designated time was on a Sunday, what's the reason he's exempt? Right. And is it due to the fact that uh, he was, uh, you know, it's it's due to the fact that he was an Anis, that he was basically he was forced to postpone the wedding by circumstances beyond his control. And here too, he also was forced to. When he gets sick, he's forced to. O Dilma, or perhaps, Hatam Anis Pitakanta, right? Or perhaps there's a difference between the um, cases, right? The Takinu Le Rabbanan, that he was forced to, right, by the rabbis, that he couldn't get married on a Sunday. He could only get married on a Wednesday, so he had to postpone his wedding, right? Um, and so therefore, they're not going to make him have to actually support her. Hachalo, but here this isn't the case, right? That um, you know, he is, you know, he got sick. Yes, it's a circumstance beyond his control, but maybe he actually should have to support her. And it says, mizonot. If you want to say he fell fell ill and he still had to give her mizonot, what if she's the one who got sick? Matsi Amarle, right? I could say, right, he could say to her, Anaha Kamana. Right. I'm standing here, meaning I'm ready to get married. Right. And you're not ready to get married. That's not my fault. Old Dilma, Matza Amrile. Right. Or perhaps she can say to him, and I love what the answer is here. Nishafa Sadehu. Right. His field was inundated. In other words, that her illness, her getting sick is basically like a natural disaster. Right. It's like the same thing that would happen. Let's say he had a field, which is what was going to provide her with her food or give the economic support to the marriage, the field gets flooded. He still has to support her. Yes, it's a natural disaster, but he still sort of has to support her. So she could say back to him, okay, I'm sick, but like, so what? You still you still have to support me. And if you say that she says to him that his field was inundated, what about with a menstruating woman and the woman's postponed? Right. What's that ruling? Maybe it also should be considered like an, un, you know, an un, unavoidable circumstance. And he still should have to provide for her. Um, or could we say that Persanida is something predictable and doesn't need to be provided? So then it gets into a question of basically Bashad Vesta Lati Right. If she began menstruating when she normally would menstruate, uh, we don't we don't get into this. So first of all, what I just want to point out is and from what you said about like that Ketubo contains anything. Look at all the different things that came up in this tiny, small passage, right? We're talking about that a husband, right? When do we, when do we, these are the halachic issues. When does a wedding take place? If somebody wants to get a married Sunday, do they have to postpone it to Wednesday? Is a husband obligated to provide his wife with Mizono? When does that obligation start? What if there's unforeseen circumstances, right? Then we get into an issue of uh, what is considered to be an unforeseen circumstance, right? Then we get into an issue of Nida and Vesek. This is a whole other discussion that we haven't even talked about. So I think we see even just... And, first- and, and it's a tiny piece of this entire first daf of the Masechet. Yeah, exactly. Meaning- it's like, right. You are <laughs> well, done. Talk about all of these things and just quote this Gemara. Like if you were trying to prepare any of these topics, you could quote this Gemara. But the other piece is 
there's something about this piece, the way they describe sort of like this nervousness before the wedding, right? Like a groom who wants to get married Sunday and is told by the Chachamim, you need to wait till Wednesday. Or the groom who gets sick or the bride who gets sick. Or when somebody has a chupat nida and that's like a really big deal to have happen. And I love the comparison sort of that she says to him, it's like if your field got inundated. Like, I don't know, there's like a nervous energy to that whole conversation there that I think is like very real to how this period of time feels to people before weddings actually take place, right? Like you're sitting in this nervousness of like, I hope everything goes off without a hitch. And this dap is kind of starting off with the like, what are the things that could happen where it doesn't go off without a hitch? Which again, I find to be a very interesting way for the dap to start. And I think, again, referring back to Yavamot, where the first chapter started with all the things that were a sword before talking about Mutar, we're seeing a pattern here a little bit, which is the Gemara almost wants to explore the worst case scenario. And from that, you're going to learn out what the halacha is in the best of circumstances. I want to say also, because I perhaps we need to acknowledge it, that this fir- that this issue of the Batula getting married on a Wednesday so that in the event that the husband has any claim against her, he can get to the court in time early the next morning is obviously, you know, not the way we envision marriage going, right? Meaning presumably once a couple is going to be getting married and having the physical intimacy, we certainly hope that they also have the personal intimacy that this should never be a thing to happen. But First of all, back in the day, the expectations of marriage, as we know, were obviously different. And also, of course, you know, the Gemara has to account for it to make sure that it's set up that way. I would like to think that the court did not really need um, to see too many of these cases on a given Thursday. No, and I think that's the point of where it says, you know, that they were like shocked to. Like, I think that's like they wanted the, the, the Chachamim took care of these quickly. Like, I think the point is also like, even on the rare occasion that it would happen, right? You didn't want these hanging out in the community for four or five days. You needed it to be solved right away, right away, excuse me. So like a Sunday to Wednesday, that is, you know, sorry, Sunday even, yes, you could do a Monday, but there's something about it. Like you want it done, you get married on a Wednesday, Thursday, there's court, you go into Shabbat. Like there's something about the rhythm of that week that I, 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 I think that's a little bit what they're talking about here. Like they wanted those cases resolved very quickly. But again, I think I that's fair. Totally solved the Sunday to Monday piece. Like, uh, well, and I'll raise another one. What about Tuesday? Right. Tuesday is considered to be such an auspicious day to get married because in the story of creation, God says, Kitov, you know, that the world was created. It was good. He says it twice on Tuesday. So that's a favorable time to do anything. Right. And and this is, you know, used as an explanation for why people would get married on a given Tuesday. And yet Masachet Ketubot starts with Wednesday. Right. Like this is also a. I'm curious to see how this is all going to pan out. All these like lovely things that we know, um, you know, where are they found and are they found in contrast to this or are there different circumstances that allow for it? You know, that kind of thing. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Barber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this app from the beginning of our discussion on Masachi Ketubot on our Talking Talmud Facebook. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.